Hey, Giles, what's going on, man? So, hey, guys, this is one of my friends from, from London. I'm putting him on the spot. We were just talk, catching up in general about some stuff that we're doing and just having fun. And, Giles, I've known you for, man, how many years now? Ooh, let's see. My son is 2004, 20? I think it was. Around 2004. <laughs> we're getting old. We're getting old, yeah. Anyway, so I've never talked to you about soccer before, right? But now that I got boys and they're into this stuff, I always like to compare what it would have been like if we had stayed in London, okay? Uh-huh. And I know you don't sit around thinking about youth soccer at all, but I'm just going to ask you sort of what your impression is. And then what I'm going to do is ask you to go back and ask some of your friends who are involved in youth soccer to tell you if, if you got it, if, if it's that, if your understanding is how it actually works. Because you don't have kids and you're not involved in youth soccer that much in the UK. So I'm just kind of like just talking to anybody. All right. So in the States, Giles, we know what happens when you make an academy team. So if you make Arsenal, you're going to train with Arsenal, right? And if you're really young, you may sign a one or two year contract that's evaluated every year. Everybody knows what happens when you make an academy team. Now, it's some details we don't know. But for the purposes of this, we know. But what I am not sure about is what happens when you don't make an academy team. Let's talk about what, what happens. Age, when what you, age are we talking about? Let's talk about 10 for, for now. You're age 10. You get invited to, to Arsenal on trials. They say thank you, but no thank you. Now what happens? So, you, I mean, going back to when I played, you still play 11-a-side football on a Sunday. You train during the week. Couple of changes in the week, and you and you play a game on Sunday. And, and who are you playing with? Your grassroots club, grassroots clubs like you know Sunday league clubs that could be set up by you know there's clubs that have been going for years, and they run by parents. Kids. So pay how the would sub. you describe? How would you describe the coaching then, compared to the Arsenal? It, it wouldn't. Well. From my from my understanding, and I think I've done it myself. You do in the UK. You have you have what they call uh, level level one, level two training done by the FA. So you get you can get coaching badges. So that there'll be coaching badges that the FA, who are the footballing authority uh, in England, and they will train you as a coach. Well, teach you how to be a coach basically. So you do level one, level two, and that gives you the ability to go and and train uh, young you know young children. As well as focusing on safeguarding issues, well, in that safeguarding issues, first aid issues, and so you 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 would have strength. Some of these guys like like me who have played football, and they now got kids and they want to coach their kids. And co and so, coach kids. so I could so I totally understand a dad or a mom going and getting the qualifications level one, level two to be able to coach. I understand that, and then I can actually even understand a scenario where. You have a very uh, motivated parent. Maybe they have football experience. They take it extremely serious. And they, um, they provide for the younger ages. It gets a little complicated when they get older. But they coach those younger ages just as good as they could get in, say, Arsenal. I can picture that easily. But, what, but uniformly across the board, though, um, is it going to be up to dedicated parents or is there a, a, a marketplace 
for parents who say, my kid didn't make Arsenal, they didn't make Fulham, they didn't make Chelsea, but I want them to get the exact same training to the best that I can. Now, I know you can't recreate Arsenal. I think they have, they may have summer camps. So there might be, I know there's been instances where I've heard of like former retired players will set up like a summer, like a summer camp, like a 10 week summer camp where you can play and learn, get new skills. I think there's that kind of set up, but there's nothing kind of official. Generally, if you don't get through the academy, then you just continue uh, to play Sunday league football. And so and then you, on, might let me, let me, and you might get picked up. You might get picked up when you're you might get picked up again. Yeah, but let me cut you off there. So you're gonna to continue to play. But what if I am um a millionaire and money does not matter? And I don't make my child doesn't make Arsenal, but I want them to get the same, it's close to the same training as they could get. Same number of days, same sort of we wear the same uniform type situation same high performance culture, whatever I perceive they would be getting at Arsenal. I want the pay co coach. For my knowledge, that isn't available from what I, from what I know. Because generally, in the, generally, if I look at England, the, look at England, look at the top teams, the top teams like Chelsea and the Arsenal, they, they have their academies. Some of these players have been in from the age of seven. I, I read an article where Mason Mount Chelsea guy was picked up at the age of seven. That's like seven. I didn't know. I didn't know that they were that young. And now he's a first team player. So he's been through. So he, he's probably not played. And generally, what happens when they take you into the academy, they don't allow you to play football with your school team. They don't allow you to play football with your regular Sunday team. They, they want to protect you in case you get injured in that. And so the, the academy is the, is the top. Basically, it's the highest level you got. Then you might have your school team. Because school, some, some schools have good football teams. And then you have, like, uh, your regular club team. Uh, and then sometimes in the old days, you had county teams where you played for your county. But I don't think they, they, exist, they, 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 they exist anymore. So there's not really a place where you can go and say, hey, I want to pay extra. If you don't make the academy, then you just say, I don't make the academy. I continue to play football with my Sunday team. After I'm 16, but I still don't make it. I play non-league football. And and you hear these stories where guys that people like uh Vardy, for instance, Jamie Vardy, he I think he went through Sheffield United Academy, then didn't make didn't get signed up on a professional contract. And he he's, he's playing non-league football for many, many years. And then I think I think I can't remember. I think Leicester paid like a million pounds at that time, a significant amount of money to pay for a non-league player. So he's gone from like playing non-league, being signed up, going up three or four tiers to the to like the Premier League for a million. And at that time, that was a record for a non-league player. So sometimes you find a lot of these players like have haven't made it through the academies, but they've played non-league football had part-time jobs as well, because when you're playing long in football, you, have, you know, he, I think he said he worked in the meat factory. So, I know. That's, a, that, that's an amazing story. So let me ask you this, going back to the youth, though. Are those parents or coaches, whoever, how do you want to describe them, who get the league one, level one, level two badges in the grassroots, to the best of your knowledge, are they paid? 
No, they're not. It's just, they're not paid. Well, it is. What happens is, is like a lot of these clubs are effectively they're not even charities. Basically, as a, as a parent, you pay subs, so you pay your kids subs, and those subs will like cover like costs like cleaning costs of the kit, balls, maybe 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 travel to them some places. It's like it's next to nothing, twenty pounds, thirty pounds, small amount of money. So they're not basically these parents, and there are parents generally. Or uncles or aunties are doing it for their, for the, basically for the love of their kids, or love of their kids to play football. There's nothing, there's no money to be made. In fact, they're probably making a loss in terms of their time, the time they take out in the evening time. So they're not, they're, they're not getting, they're not getting paid. See, the problem is, is clubs like Chelsea have infrastructure. They have, they can pay. They're kind of the best coaches and pay them a salary to train their young, train their young, train their young, you train their young kids. So they, they have that. Whereas a lot of the amateur clubs, we call them amateur clubs, don't, don't, they don't, they don't have that. In fact, some of the academies cost millions and millions of pounds a year to run. They're not cheap. Yeah. So even though um, I'm kind of like harping on a dead, constantly harping on a dead horse, I really want to hammer this point home because we're having this conversation a lot in the Facebook group with American parents who want, who want a European style academy system. And one thing that one caveat I'm trying to explain to them, which doesn't seem to be very convincing is there are, there are, I, I don't want to frame it as pros and cons, but there's a reality that I'm not, I'm not sure everybody has thought through. And one of those reality is, is Chelsea's only taking a relatively small number of kids. Arsenal's only taking on a small, relatively small number of kids. And the soccer service that our kids get here, they're paying for that. The parents are paying for that. And they're paying these huge prices. But that comes with a paid coach, at least part-time. Most of them are full-time. Comes with a club director who is paid. That doesn't make that doesn't translate into quality at all, right? You know, you'd rather have Mbappe's dad volunteer to coach your kid than a paid coach who doesn't care about your kid. As a matter of fact, you can even argue it may diminish quality. Mm. But what I'm saying is, if you're a millionaire in London and you want the service that you get in America, and you want so you want a comparable service, you want someone to say, "No, I want to put my kid in a." Arsenal type of environment and play other Arsenal type organized clubs. All of those Arsenal type clubs have paid coaches. They all have pristine facilities. They all train three to four days a week with games. They all play in these regional and national tournaments. Um, they all train for 10 months out of the year. They also offer all this futsal programming, all that other stuff. What I'm trying to explain to them is that is a service that is unique to American culture. Mm. And now I don't want to go too far. I want to ask you this. Well, you if might get to the, let me say where, no, 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 where, no, 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 Giles, Giles, let me ask you this. If I went to the typical British family and explained to them that I'm starting a club where they're going to have a paid coach. They try to get access to a paid coach. 
you know, uniforms, all this kind of stuff. And it's going to cost them about 130 pounds a month plus ancillary fees. And that British family perceives their child as being very dedicated to soccer, but having relatively average skill, or at least they haven't been recruited by Arsenal yet. How do you think the average British family would? They won't, they won't they afford it because football in, in the UK is, is a working class sport. So most of the kids come from very poor backgrounds. So the idea that you, you want to pay that level of money, they just haven't got that money. It's not like, like for instance, like an example is tennis. Tennis is an expensive sport purely because of the coaching that's involved. The coaching that's involved, then the traveling that's involved in grand competitions. So that's why we don't produce good tennis players in this country. There's a cost element. And the Andy Murray of this world are freaking nature because it's the level of commitment that him and his parents have gone through to get him to that level. Whereas football is traditionally a working class sport. Most of these kids don't come for money at all. So the idea you got to pay that level of money is that's why it's always been a community-based sport. So yeah, you've got these academies that have been set up and they're fantastic. The Chelsea, the Arsenal's, they have the infrastructure in place because they make in millions and millions of pounds a week as a club. So they, they can afford to have paid coaches, good coaches who are not even FA or, or FA level one. They're UEFA badge coaches. That's a whole other level to the UEFA. That's a, the UEFA badge is, 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 is that's the European badge as a coach. If you want to coach, if you want to coach in the UK, coach in Europe, you've got to have what they call, they call it the UEFA Pro License is what they call it. I think they call it. And so that, so you may even have guys training guys, the young ones in the academies who, are, who have got pro badges or are working towards it. So they're working towards a pro badge, this coach the kids, and then eventually I can use that to coach adults or coach, you know, coach, sorry, coach seniors. So again, the academy setup is very, very different because simply, simply the fact that they've got that. The only way I can, school, maybe in schools, I suspect schools, will have a good setup because again they've got infrastructure because they've got the money because it's a school so they can leverage that so school teams tend to be probably a bit more a level a level above your regular kind of like club that's run by the mum by the mum or by the dad or one by the uncles whatever it is and so yeah but, say, let me ask you this Giles if we start thinking about culture if we start, and I'm not, I'm asking, but I'm discussing. If we start thinking about culture, my hypothesis is that everyone plays football. It's a religion. So the level of coaching may or may not be nearly as important as, say, even in the States where it's a they don't necessarily perceive it as a recreational activity, but it's almost like a recreational activity. So the analogy I would use would be like if you were going to sign your kid up for karate, you it would be it would be difficult to have a mom step or a dad step in and teach karate. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you really I'm, need somebody yeah. knows what they're doing. Yeah, is that, and and actually, the same, it depends what level. I mean, that's what that's a good thing about football. It's very scalable. 
in that, like my friend Dor, he coaches, he played it not to a high level, but he played it, you know, up to the age of 15, 16. So he played football. He understands football. So he can coach football. Yeah, he hasn't got the bad. I think he might have level one, level two, but he coaches football. And the only reason why he'd done it was because of his son. That's why if he never had a son, he probably wouldn't have been doing it. He just done, okay, son. And basically what it was, he was, he was basically coaching a team and then the coach left and then they needed someone to take it over and he took over the team. That's what it, that's what it was. It was he, he just inherited it because his son was in the team. And now, and now he does it and he, and he likes doing it and, and he's doing it. But he played football. That's just an example of that. So now, but now would, can he, can, would I say, can he go and coach an, a, a senior team? I don't know. Maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. Who knows? But, but let me ask you this. But what are the parents' expectations of the coach considering that he or she is volunteer? I think, for, I think you know what, to be truthfully, for a lot of them, it's basically, thank God he's doing it. He's getting, the, getting our kids, keeping them fit, keeping them off the street. I don't think some parents may have aspirations for their kids to go and make the grade of playing football, but a lot of them will push their kids to the academies anyway. So, so if you're if you're so if you're a parent that's got aspirations for your kid to like you know let's say be a pro, I mean dare I say it, seven year old thinking about being a pro, they'll probably push them to go and get trials with the academy. So you know my personality, you know I'm alpha, you know how I do things. Let's say I'm living in London, I'm with Adam or Matthew, and I <laughs> you, you would I think if you I think then you would be one you would probably be going to all the academies in London. Try and get him in there. But but what I'm saying is, but let's say that he doesn't get into all any of these academies. They're find a good team. And, and what, what you'll probably find, I take it back. They are like my friend's team, they are some good young teams that are out there that are better than the average. So you might end up finding a really good team that's got good coaches. They've won a lot of competitions and think actually that will be a good place for my son to develop his skills. Yeah, see, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. So there's a, there, I was going to ask, what are the lay levels? And we still talking about that younger age. I know when you get older, it gets a little bit different in terms of JPL, a little bit, but those younger ages, then is it coach committed centric in that? you're finding a good team because the coach is really good, but it's not club centric. Like this grassroots club ha is known to be the best and have the best coaches. Or is it, Hey, we, we're going to latch on to Mbappe's dad because he's, he's taking this really. I would imagine so. Yeah. I, I, I would say that because I remember there are some teams that, you know, I would imagine the teams that have like, all the age groups, under 10, under 11, under 12. And, you know, I'd imagine they would have, uh, you know, but like you say, if your son didn't make it at Chelsea or Arsenal, then he'll find a team and he'll play with that team and then he might get another trial later on, another trial and gets better. But I remember him from last year, he's obviously improved. And so uh, I would imagine there are some teams, because obviously it's all done by sponsorship and funding. So you get some, I remember when I was playing football, there were some teams that had good funding, they had good sponsorship. 
the sponsorship. And so if you look at the sponsorship, they had better training grounds. They had their own training grounds. They had their own toy. They had their own stadium. So, so there are layers out there. So this is my final two questions. So number one, to the best of your ability, grassroots football, if someone told you they were getting paid even a reasonable part-time salary to coach grassroots football, would you find that to be unusual? That would be very, I find it to be very, very unusual. Uh, All right. I, 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 at best, they're probably, because the problem you've got is, is the money in the game. Who's paying for that? The parents, like I say, football is a working class sport. So the parents can't afford to pay for that. Which means, where is it going to come from? Okay, maybe from sponsorship. The parents cannot afford because they don't have the money to pay for that. It's not going to so, happen. Someone's got to pay for it. So, hire so even, even they want to say, okay, I want to, I'm going to, I've got a, a guy that's got a UEFA pro license. He played football, he retired football, he's got a pro license. Yeah, okay, fantastic. But we're going to charge you 200, 300 pounds. Look at you and say, I haven't got that kind of money. So, all right, so the next it's thing... Because it's a working class sport. Maybe in America it's different. But in well, the we're going to get to... We're going to get to... This. I'm going to summarize with the states in a second. So I got that part. The second thing is, from a cultural perspective, let me describe how, I, how I'm going to generalize all of American culture in a couple of sentences. And then you generalize all of British culture. Americans appear to say to themselves, my child is seven... If I get my child in the right environment, then he or she may develop and have a chance pick the pick the um, uh, outcome that they want. Okay. Yeah. Where it appears to be in London or the friends I'm familiar with, it's I'm not really thinking about this that much. Someone comes to my door and brings my brings it to my attention that my child has something. And they want them then to go and do a trial at Arsenal. So, in other words, American parents seem to be a bit more intentional about um, where they're going to place their child. Where British parents or European parents seem to be a little bit more laissez-faire. And then someone who, like a scout, comes and says, "Your child has something. We want to yeah. bring them to a child." And then they perk up, like, "Wow, really?" Yeah, yeah. So is that a is that a false characterization? No, no, no. I agree. That's that, I, I, I certainly, yeah. I would, I would, I would concur with that. Uh, I would, I would, but I, mean, then, I, I would imagine there's certain. I would imagine there'd be certain clubs. Uh, where the scouts would go to these clubs. We know, well, that was going to be my next. We know, we know that if Club I'm, A has had one or two players that have gone on to play, but that's gone on to Chelsea Academy, gone to the Arsenal Academy, gone to Charlton. And well, so let me be, so, be, so Giles, like, let me cut you off. Like, like the Fletcher Moss Academy in Manchester, they're known for getting signings to Manchester Academy. Yeah, but still grassroots coaching. Yeah, but. Do you think so? It's it's reasonable to think that some parents are going to put their kids in Fletcher Moss Academy, saying, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're going to get attention." Yeah, yeah, they would. And that's and that and that and like I say, a lot of that. I mean, that's where safeguarding comes in, because there's no guarantee a child's going to make it in football, and 
the idea that you will place your child in the cat. I just find it horrified, really, that someone as young as seven is in the academy because 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 actually they say God issue. We've heard of stories and it gets it can get bad. I think one player at Man City he committed suicide, and that's because obviously because once you're in the academy environment, you already think you've made it. So actually, you could be seven or eight and you think I'm going to be a professional footballer because you, you wear the same uniform as these guys, you wear the same boots, you look the part, even though you're a child. So you, all you're thinking about, and for a lot of these guys, some of them, I mean, I can't remember the guy's name again. There's a guy, there's a guy at West Ham, what's his name? Declan Rice. He was at Chelsea with Mason Mount and he got dropped. I said, sorry, you, you made a grade. So he didn't, then, he, then, he, then he then went to West Ham. So a lot of them, so he didn't even get a pro, he didn't even, he didn't even make the grade as an academy. He left at about 15, I think, 14 or 15, then, then went across to West Ham and that's where he made a name for himself. So for a lot of these guys, there's no guarantee that they're gonna make it through these academies anyway. But yeah, you're right. That, that academy you mentioned in, in Manchester may be like a breeding ground to, to say, okay, yeah, you can get to Man United, go to Man City. But I would imagine there's still there's guys that are still there that are still playing, and maybe they may go to other teams. Yeah, but, so so and, like, me... and like, it might be that Man United may give them a bit of money for coaching and pay their coaches maybe expenses. But in terms of like a, a salary where, nah, nah, nah. Because like I said, football's working class. It's, it's football with a one class sport. Look at it like basketball. Yeah. I, well, I, so. Exactly so, the same as that. So, so let me conclude for the listeners. This is an impromptu inside scoop, by the way. I'm just going to post it in the podcast and the Facebook group and let people chime in. Let me conclude for the listeners, having been on both sides of the pond. So I lived in England a long time, lived in the States. Obviously, I'm from here. What I perceive to be one of the biggest misunderstandings when they start talking about pay to play. So we have a pay to play system. One big misunderstanding is they attach the professional, the adult league in the lack of uh, relegation and promotion to the youth system. And they, they are related, obviously, but they are they can also be uh, some separation there. I'm not going to go into that. I did a podcast on that. But another thing they misdiagnose is the culture of American parents. So, and it's not, and they tend to use a moral lens. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. So we have grassroots football. We call that recreational. And for, since the beginning of sport, that was enough for American parents. Relatively recently, if, if, if recreational sport made up uh, 100% of the pie, over time, what we call club sport has started taking uh, a percentage of that pie. So when I was growing up, we had recreational sport and school sport. Right, that was 50%, that was the pie, however you want to define it. And then there was a small sliver of club sport. And the, the club sport piece of it would be similar to what you, how you described tennis. It would be mainly reserved for those highly skilled sports that 
you really need someone to focus on. You know what I mean? All right. So going fast forward, but club soccer as a percentage of that pie is has increased to such a massive scale that now people think of soccer in America as club soccer, but club soccer is just a service. And it's a service that American parents are willing to pay for that parents around the world would find odd. They would find this, they, they what, what, I, huh? They, so what happens is because this service exists and because culturally Americans are willing to pay for this, the club programs pull the Adams and the Matthews out of rec. And now the wreck is such a low level of soccer. It's still fun, but it's such a low level of soccer because all of those kids are now in what we call club soccer. Now, the, U the UK has very, has some of this, but it's such a small percentage of the pie that you don't even, you probably don't even know about it unless you investigate. And the only reason I know about it is because I interview people all the time and they say, yeah, you know, there's a program here and there that kind of says they'll offer academy level training for a, you know, for grassroots kids. In the UK. So, yeah, but it's so rare. I'll try yeah. to find a website that you're not even going to hear of it. It's like, huh? it's yeah, rare. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's one in a thousand. So mm -hmm. for every thousand, not even, probably one in 10,000, for every 10,000 grassroots clubs, there's somebody out there that has something similar to where you can pay the guy. Yeah, I know you have like, like I said, you have these like summer camps. Yeah. So, so hold on, Jal. So I'm not, I'm not questioning what you're saying at all. I'm saying I've spoken to people who yes, say, yeah, that we, there is, you'll see it once in a while, but it's so small mm. that the average person is not even going to know it exists. Well, that small part of the pie in the UK, we're talking less than 0.0001% is a large percentage of American soccer. Mm. And the problem is we are taking all of the most ambitious kids and we're putting them in this club environment instead of just leaving them in a wreck where they can play against each other. Mm. You have a motivated dad like me coaching and they'll have a fun experience and whatever. And then on the flip side, you have the academy. But our academies are not set up the same. So our academies are funded by that large swath of clubs. Parents, uh, population. Parents have funded. So now our academies are watered down because there's no unified sort of mm. way of recruiting players. Now, where the promotion relegation part comes in, it's a bigger, bigger thing is... Why can't academies be run by traditional football clubs like the MLS or these, the other. So, the so they are run by some of them, some of them are not, are run by them. But if you are MLS, so in the UK, academies are cost centers. They don't tend to be highly profitable part of. No, not, they're lost, they can be loss making. They're loss making. Their, their investments. Yeah. I'm trying to invest. I'm uh, research and development. I'm trying to find the next Henri. I yeah. might get a return on him, but I need him to, for, so my team can win. That's how we win. 
So, but imagine if you're making millions and millions of dollars on your club program, it would be a very tough sell to say, shrink your, dis, sorry, um, separate that profitable enterprise of all these kids, parents paying thousands and thousands of dollars a year, separate that profitable enterprise and then turn yourself into a cost center for your MLS club. This, because you got to remember, our MLS clubs are not at the level that the European, big European ones are at. So that would be a huge financial burden to then fund their academies in that way. Now, I'm not doing a great job of summarizing everything, but your our top MLS academies, and they have other academies, do have free tuition at certain levels, okay? but it's not the same way as it is in the, in the UK. And we don't have the same scouting apparatus. It's mm -hmm. really, really complicated. Mm -hmm. So it's really different. So what I'll probably do, Giles, I gotta do some research. I'll probably pump some questions to you. We might come, I don't wanna take too much of your time on this, but, and I need to get people on who can really, really explain this stuff. Guys, if you're listening to this on the inside scoop, this is just a conversation I had with a friend. I'm having with a friend of mine. I thought I would get him on. We we try to catch up once a month. So I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just yeah. saying that it's a it's such a cultural difference. Oh yeah, it is. That right, it's right. hard. I think to because say, of the vastness of it. I think because of the vastness. Because it, because one thing, a country you probably don't have enough clubs for the size of your country even on a recreational level, whereas in the UK, you have like, you know, what was it, is it 97 football league clubs? That's just in the, from the Premier League to the third tier. That's just, then you've got non-league teams that go into their hundreds. So we've got much, we've got so many football clubs. Uh, yeah. So and then you've, then you've got, obviously, the fund a league team where they don't make any money from it. So we, we just got, the infrastructure is, is much more vaster for kids to play football. Whereas yeah. in the US, you just don't have that same vastness considering the size of your country, population of your country. So, so that's true. And then I will say in my area, another issue we have that you don't, you won't probably won't have in the UK because there's this huge amount of money in this club system. The leagues in, in our equivalent of, F, of, uh, of FA, our U.S. soccer, have created a system that de disenfranchises people to start clubs and teams. That's a fancy way of saying they monopolize it. So an example would be they have all these weird card rules where you got to have this card, and if you have this card, you can't play with this and that. And not the normal stuff to keep safeguard i'm talking about just crazy monopoly tactics or the big clubs will uh, secure all the fields and get long-term contracts with the municipalities so that uh and drive up the rental field costs and wow and then get all the and then get all the days as well to make it nearly impossible and then they'll also form their own little leagues and then only play each other and make it a lot more difficult for your team to get competitive games 
in your local area. And then also we got the marketing and it's just, so it's an enterprise and it's, it's weird because it's still, it's youth soccer, right? But mm. it's total big business, right? And I'm not the type of person that places a, a moral judgment on this stuff. I think all these things can be very reasonably explained and, under, and, and understood. It's just more about, okay, I don't know how we're gonna fix it. Because if we, if we what a fix would look like to me, if I'm thinking out loud, would be all the club kids are in the equivalent of grassroots programs. People are satisfied with coaching this, with volunteer coaches. There's a apparatus to really train parents and, and other people that wanna be coaches, but it's not prohibitively expensive. And parents are satisfied with a slightly less service offering and and then our academies or academies and then you have some kind of pro real but but i just don't see that happening so uh, i don't know giles any more any last thoughts before i let you go no 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 it's been a good conversation i hope i could help i don't know how i've helped but i hope hopefully i've helped answer you, some you, of your some you of your have questions. helped because first of all you've been insightful secondly i use youth soccer as a medium to explore other cultures. These are cultural conversations through the lens of youth soccer. It's not about kids per se, it's not about soccer per se, it's about exploring cultural differences. And let me end with one more thing. My son may pop in, you may hear him. Let me end with one more thing. That's my son, but go, go, go ahead, Matthew, I'm almost done. Let me end with one more thing about cultural differences. In South Korea, for example, it's not uncommon for them to have night schools for their kids. Yeah, I saw a documentary on that. That's yeah, so you do you go to school all day. Yeah, I see that's mad. Yeah, I've seen that. And then you go to school at night. Yeah. This is a service that you could not sell to American parents. Nah, there is no American parent out there looking for a night school for their kids. Yeah, you couldn't say, oh. I, I saw a documentary on this on BBC a few years ago. I was fascinated by it. That, that these guys, exactly. I read a book on it. They were sleeping like the following day in class. The kids are sleeping. So why am I saying thing. that? So why am I saying that? Because in Europe, in London, if I came there with my bag and said, I got UA for qualified coaches, um, who's been coaching for 20 years, we're gonna instill discipline, we got uniforms, we're gonna have a top kit, and I'm recruiting your eight-year-old to train with us, and it's only 130 pounds a month, you're not even going to be able to, they're not even gonna comprehend yeah. what you are talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my, my former tenants who we were talking about, I tried to explain to him to them how it worked in, in London. They could, I mean, in, in, in America, they could not understand the words that were coming out of my mouth because it only cost them five pounds a week at their little yeah. local place down the street. Yeah. 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 So anyways, that's it. Okay. It's been good. It's been... That's it. How do you find me? Everyone's okay though, yeah? 
Yeah, they're doing all right. So this has been Neil Crawford with uh, uh, Anytime Soccer Training. And this is a impromptu edition of the Inside Scoop. So Giles, thanks, man. And let's get all better right. together. Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.